This, this is your strange and beautiful life. Oh, that was really good, Simon. That was so good. That was so that was good. So good. <laughs> okay, hi everybody, and welcome to This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life. My name is Erica J. Schmidt, and on my podcast, I talk to people who may or may not have had the chance to transform their lives into spectacular TED Talks. And today, my guest is the splendid and radiant and gorgeous Simon Barbs. I can't wait. It's going to be a big love fest. So that's coming to you momentarily. We're just going to take a quick and very fun break and we'll be right back with Simon Barbs. Okay, thanks for listening and we'll see you on the other side. You ready? Yeah, let's okay. do it. Hi, everybody. So we're back, like we promised. And today, my guest is Simon Barbs. Hello. Hello. Here he is. So do you want to know all about him? Yes. Simon Barbs is a curious and wildly charismatic journalist, podcaster, and producer. He is the host of Cheek to Cheek with Simon Barbs. On this coveted Montreal podcast, Simon talks to artists and public personalities about belonging and all the possibilities that lie before us. Cheek to Cheek hit number seven on Spotify during its first year on air, right? Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Simon's warm and intimate interviews dive into the most delicious topics from landing your life's purpose to lining up lovers for all your kinks. You can imagine that Erica J. Schmidt loves every minute of this podcast. <laughs> and let's say you have binge listened to all the episodes. We have very exciting news because this fall, Simon became the host of, can you say it? You say it a bit better than me. Réalité LGBTQ+. Yeah, a wonderful, wonderful program. It plays on... FM 103.3, and it is the first radio show in Quebec ever to be dedicated to the LGBTQ plus community. I am thrilled about this. I've listened to every, I've listened to like the whole thing, actually. Really? Yeah, oh. I did. Yeah. And I am thrilled to have Simon on the show. Simon, welcome to This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life. How are you doing? Hello. I'm so thrilled to be here. Oh, Thank you so much. It shows. Yeah. He's oh my God. beaming. I'm, you've been so sweet. Like I have wine here. I have uh, lemon tea. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Thank well, you. I wanted you to have some perks. Yeah. You're the sweetest. Yeah. So I yeah, I was so excited you could come and you found me through Alexia Cote. It's Let's a small say hi to her. world. Hi, Alexia. Let's wave at Alexia. Thank yeah. you. You're life changing. Um, <laughs> and so, Simon. Oh, and then the other thing is, Simon is actually Simon in French, but we are doing Simon in English today. Of course. But Perfect. his shows are in French, but it's Montreal French. So let's say you're like struggling with your French. You should listen to his shows because it's like it's good practice, but it's not it's not that hard for mm. like I find it is very accessible and, and very yeah. entertaining too. So that helps. So Simon, I wanted to ask you, why and how did you decide to start your cheek to cheek podcast? You know, it's crazy because I think it's been already almost two years. Right. And you're it's like almost 17 also, right? <laughs> I was when I started the the podcast. No, but now. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, I would never serve a 17-year-old wine. Never mind. 
Um, I was actually, what, I think I was 22 okay, yeah. when I started the podcast. Um, so it was during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. I think we kind of like all lost each other during the pandemic. We mm-hmm. didn't really know what we were going to do. I was studying at the time in tourism. Okay. I, I worked in tourism management. Oh. I followed <laughs> tourism management studies at Champlain College. Uh-huh. And when I graduated, it was the pandemic. So everything shut down. It wasn't a good time for the tourism I industry. Couldn't find, I just, <laughs> I disaster. Worked, yeah, I, I worked in the hotel industry for a okay. while. And then all the hotels shut down. Right. So it was absolutely crazy. And I couldn't find a job. So I was like, okay. What if I go to university in another program? Mm-hmm. And I've always been fascinated with show business. Okay. I love show business. I mean, I was two years old and I was singing, oops, I did it again in my room. And I just, I wanted to be like Britney Spears. You I wanted to know everything about her. And, you know, I grew up with a mother who loved Madonna. So I kind of grew up in show business and mm-hmm. I loved the radio. I love you know, talk shows. And I've Uh always wanted to be a part of that. Uh So I decided to pursue my studies in journalism at Concordia. Okay. So, which I never finished. Okay. That's okay. Which I never, I did. You started. I did one semester. Okay. Not going to lie, but I'll tell you why I only did one semester. Mm -hmm. Because I met the beautiful Claudel. Claudel Lemay. Mm-hmm. She's a singer, songwriter, and international model. Oh, wow. Okay. And that year, she went to this reality TV show that's very famous here in Quebec. Mm-hmm. It's called Occupation Double. Right. Okay. And I met her the night that she came back. Okay. And what, just for people who don't know, what is Occupation Double? Occupation it sounds Double, fun. It's a reality TV show. It's kind of like Love Island. It's, okay. You know, a bunch of singles that are like in their. 20s and 30s that yeah. are looking for love. Right. So it's it's fun. There's a lot of drama. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of drama. Love drama. It's really funny. Okay. And I loved her. I actually knew her before the show. Uh-huh. I loved what she was doing. She's an artist. And I met her the night that she came back. Back. Okay. At a hotel that I was working at. Oh. I was, life I was, is well organized. Oh my God. You have no idea. And I was a barman at that hotel. Okay. And she came with her ex and her mother and it was just beautiful because it's kind of like she reserved the whole bar for herself because we were alone, but she didn't reserve it. It's just nobody came. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) So I met her and I was so, I was soaked. I was so happy to see her and we just connected. Uh And, you know, I was still uh, in journalism at the time and I had a project that I had to do and it was Basically, I had to interview somebody that I had a lot of respect for. Mm-hmm. So it could be like in the arts. And then I was like, oh, my God, what if I interviewed Claudel? Because I love her yeah. and I love what she does. And so I called her and I was like, I have this interview that I have to do for like my final project. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a part of it? Mm-hmm. And so she said yes. And so we we did it. And then it became a podcast. Right. Because I quit school at the time. Yeah. And, you and used- I said to myself, what if I started a podcast with this interview? Right. Because I knew that, you know, in Quebec, she was huge at the time. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to quit school because uh-huh. I've always was more into communication than journalism. I'm uh-huh. still a journalist today. So anyway, that's what happened. We just we launched our podcast together. And after like two weeks, like there was like 50,000 people. What? Listen to your podcast? To our show. So oh, I was like, goodness. OK, I'm going to continue. You know, that's huge. Um, and then I was like, I sat down in my living room and I was like, OK this happened, what's coming up next? Right. What are we going to do? So I sat down and I was, you know, I have a turntable at home. Uh-huh. And I was spinning Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett cheek uh-huh. to cheek. 
Right. Oh, cute. Their jazz album. And I was like, what if I call my show Cheek to Cheek? Oh, it's a very good title. I thought it was perfect. It is perfect. I yeah. never heard that for a podcast. And yeah. I was like, Cheek to Cheek. I mean, it's very intimate. It's mm-hmm. about having a drink with someone and yeah. kind of inviting them into your space. Mm-hmm. So that's why I decided to call it Cheek to Cheek. And then I was like, okay, I need equipment. What yeah. am I going to do? I need a studio. So I bought a bunch of equipment and uh-huh. I decided to just make my own studio. Right off the bat or did you did you start with your iPhone? I did one episode one with episode my iPhone, iPhone. and okay. it was just like an introduction. Yeah, it's like yeah. a three minute introduction okay. where I talk and I'm like, oh, welcome to Cheek to Cheek. But then I was like, if I want to do like a bunch of interviews, I need the right equipment. Yeah. So I bought so much equipment. Oh, yeah. And but it was worth it. So uh-huh. basically, that's how it started. I started recording at my own place. And then I invited all these people that yeah. I, I watched them on TV and I loved them. And I was like, do you guys want to come over for a drink? And, and it's just like you're three and a half, right? Like just a, one, other, like a yeah. one bedroom, like first apartment. In St. Lambert on yeah. the South Shore, a yeah. three and a half apartment with my two cats. Yeah. And they just showed up and we did it. That's so cool. And yeah. You, yeah, so we'll talk about your guests in a bit. But yeah, you have like sort of high high profile-ish guests. Like you have people who are already somewhat well-known. Very French. Yeah. Very, yeah. very from here. Um, I do have a bunch of episodes that are in English, mm-hmm. but mostly in French. Mm-hmm. Because most of the people that listen to me are French. Yeah. Right? So we got to... <laughs> so I kind of had to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When You know, you know it's your community. Mm-hmm. So you have to follow... Yeah, yeah. And, and you started with Claudel, who is very yes, like, Quebecois very. Uh, point person. Yeah. She actually, when she started out, she she's an international model. So she was a model her whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did like Vogue Italia. Mm-hmm. She did Bazaar. She did El Quebec. She did a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And she travels a lot. So I was just, I thought it was perfect because I was like, okay, we're not just going to talk about Occupation Loop. We're going to yeah. talk about her music. We're going to talk yeah, about... Yeah. Her life as a model. So I was thrilled. I was uh-huh. really happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she, so Claudel, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't she your first guest for your radio program, which just launched in the fall? Uh, no. She, she wasn't. She came to the show. Okay, okay. But she wasn't my first. Okay. My first one that came is actually, uh, her name is Janie Duquette. Okay, yes, that's and right. Okay. She's the one who's kind of like in charge of my career right now. Oh, okay, okay. She helps me a lot. She's absolutely amazing. She, um, she's, I don't know how you say, how do, how do you say it in French? She's a PDG. A PDG is so, a CEO. So, so basically, like, she uh, produced a bunch of artists. Uh-huh. She's behind Corneille. Okay. She's behind like a bunch of familiar names here in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And she was also a lawyer. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lawyer, okay. but for artists like uh-huh. in the music scene, so show business. Artists. Okay. Um, so she produced a lot of, a bunch of people. Uh-huh. And one day I went to go see what she was doing and I absolutely loved her. So I invited her to my show uh-huh. and she came and, and then she was like, there's something about you. I was like, what? And she was like, we have to go for lunch. So we went for lunch and she kind of understood my vision uh-huh. and she's been helping me out she you know she helped me get this radio show yeah so she helps me a lot yeah yeah i want to talk about the radio show yeah right because you have reality lgbtq plus which is big deal right because quebec is i don't know maybe i shouldn't say this but maybe it's a little behind with Mm. some of our like woke issues oh absolutely yeah okay like i remember i came to quebec as a vegetarian in 2003 nobody was vegetarian if that's an indication but yeah so you you got a radio show and mm. it seems like it started from the podcast. And this is like your dream come true. Like I've always wanted to have a radio show. Yeah. You know? And 
I never knew how. And a, a lot of people told me, oh, you have to like, you have to study and you have to. And I was like, are you sure? Put in your time, like yes. have a really shitty like PA job, get everybody coffee for That's 10 years. Like- so one day I get a call from this lady who is basically the, the radio station belongs to her. Mm-hmm. And she calls me and she goes, listen, I, I listen to what you do. I love what you do. I think you're very talented. I saw your project that you sent us and we just want to go ahead and give you your radio show. You pitched a project to them. Though. I pitched a project. Okay. With Jenny. Okay. Jani kind of helped me. She's okay. behind the project. Really. Yeah, right. Okay. We we just sat down and we were like, what could this radio show be about? Mm-hmm. And we wanted it to be original and mm-hmm. I want I wanted it to represent me. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to give a voice mm-hmm. to you know, so many people in the community. And that's how it happened. Réalité mm-hmm. LGBTQ+. That's amazing. Sur les ondes du FM 103.3. Yeah, 103.3, yes. everybody. Yeah, yes. and there's like 10... It's basically the South Shore yeah. uh, radio station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's near, and, it's near Alexia's yeah. house. Yes, um, yeah, so everybody... she told me that earlier. We worked <laughs> to each other. <laughs> she told me. Uh, so, yeah, everybody listen. But yeah, it does. So, because for you, like coming out, being a gay man, like it didn't... It sounds like you were very like welcomed into your family. Like it, it sounds like it was smooth for you. Of course, there was like some bullying in high school, like, but it was fairly joyous, like easier for you. It than was more of like relatively? an identity crisis for me. Okay, it wasn't joyous so like word. oh, I had to come out and people weren't receptive. I mean, people knew since I was three years old, right? You know what I mean. And my parents were, were all adopted in my family. Yeah, that's so, right. Four kids. Right off the bat, I mean, they were open to whatever. I mean, uh-huh. when you adopt a kid, like you have to be aware that, you know, they can have some issues mm-hmm. regarding trust issues, regarding, you know, attachment disorders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they were open and they already knew. So that wasn't a problem. But the problem was I never really came out. Oh, okay. And my high school, they kind of took that away from me. because. Okay. What happened is that I fell in love with my best friend at the time. Oh, no. And I went to this high school. We were like not more than 500 students. Right. You know? It was a really small high school. Everybody knew each other. Uh-huh. Everybody knew everybody's business. Yeah. Okay. My and favorite. So I wrote a letter to my other best friend to kind of tell okay. her like, I'm in love with this guy now. <laughs> and she dropped it in the hallways. What? She dropped the letter in the hallway. So this a bunch happens? of yes. No. So a bunch of guys they found the letter. Oh god, and this is like a TV show. They came up to me and they're like, "Is that you?" And I look at it and there's my my name signed, you know. And right. I was like, "That's not me. I don't know who you're talking oh, about." Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I was so nervous and then he comes up to me, the guy that I was talking to you about. Best friend. And he goes, "That's fine. I know it's not true. Don't worry oh, about no. it." Okay, I but don't know why I thought this true, went. E- I thought this went smoother. I remember the letter, but I didn't. Okay, it but was true, and he was like, "No, it's not. Let's just be friends. Let's just be friends." That's the worst. And then what happened actually surprised me. But he, when he found out that it was actually true, he didn't care. Okay, but people started making fun of him. Mm. So he kind of distanced himself from oh, me. Oh no, to protect because. But I didn't really get made fun of. It was more Which your was best so friend. Yeah. Well, because everybody knew, it sounds like. Everybody maybe, kind of or, just or maybe like... maybe it's because since it's really real, like, oh, okay, we can't like... Oh, you can't can make him, fun you know? of somebody. Well, I don't know that people and are that him, sensitive. And for him, it was like, oh, okay, since like, 
he's supposed to be like into girls and stuff. We're going to like make fun of him. Okay. Oh, like, so maybe bullies are only making fun of fake things. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Okay. Did I live bullying? I did. Yeah. Like everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, but not direct bullying. Okay. There's a thing called la cyberstimulation. Cyber, cyber bullying, everybody. Yes, okay. cyber bullying. Intimidation And that's a thing. And yes. it still happens to me till oh, this day. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I get a bunch of messages on Instagram sometimes. And, you know, it's stronger for us to... I just read them. Right. And I know that I shouldn't. No. But it's hard. Like, it's hard for me to just not look at them and be like... You know what I mean? So, like, people are just being, like, making fun of what? It's not... They're not even making fun of... Of me, they're making fun of, like, what I do. No. So, and I think a lot of people are just, you know, they everybody judges. Like, and they're jealous, too. Especially on social media. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's, yeah, not it's the people. It's a new reality. And most of the time, they judge the people that I interview. No. Not even that's me. So, so, yeah, it's just, it's stupid. But I've learned to kind of, like, you know, take it and leave right. it, you know? Um, but in high school, that's kind of what happened to me. And I was in a sec two. So I was... Secondary. De, if so for Ontario people, it's like grade eight, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Second year of high school in Quebec. So I was like 14. No. 13, 14 years old. Yeah. <laughs> which very is so young. Fragile. Yeah. Very fragile. But I mean, for me to kind of do it and just be so confident about it, I knew that, you know, I wanted to go further. Uh-huh. I had that. You know when you have like that thing where you're like not afraid of anybody and you just yeah. want to like rule the entire world? Yeah. That's how I felt. Okay, when you were 14. Yeah. Yeah, I okay. Knew it. Yeah. And then you just sort of like then did it become easier like to own your identity like in like second secondaire trois like in grade I mean it was stable for a yeah. long time. Uh-huh. And then in college it was hard. I feel Not like hard again. When you turn 18, 19, 20, I mean, we're always going to ask each other like, "Oh, is that really who I am uh-huh. do I have to change to please the, you know the public and it's still it's still hard sometimes mm-hmm. you know you always question yourself oh like how do I do I have to change for people mm-hmm. are they going to accept me for who I am or am I going to have to put like this facade right you know and like for your show for your podcast but also your uh, reality LGBTQ plus mm. it's like to give people the space to be their authentic selves and to like give give a voice yes, and it's like have a, have a model for people who absolutely. maybe had an even worse time than you maybe they aren't out yet maybe they're like you, you know, know I have um, I, I've always been fascinated with strong women mm-hmm. from a very young age yeah they really helped me through everything they're mm-hmm. actually the ones that they helped me kind of come out. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, I was into Madonna, Lady Gaga, like Cher, you know, like, yeah, they all helped me. And uh-huh. it's kind of my way to do a sort of tribute right, right. to all these women that helped me. So a lot of women come on my show because I want to hear their stories and I uh-huh. want to, you know, I want to just promote them as much as I can because yeah, there's yeah. so much talent. Yeah, that. Know? That was going to be my next question was how you choose your guests. Because, yeah, there are a lot of, like, strong and beautiful women. And I really appreciate that because it's, like... Thank you. We don't always have voices. Like, it's like people are afraid of successful, beautiful mm. women. Those women probably get cyber bo- bullied oh, fairly frequently, right? Because we're just, like, me. it's... People are... We have so much misogyny just inside of us. And, yeah, like, it just seems like all of your, all of your guests are, like, filled up. They're really, like, tripping out on what they're doing. They're doing business projects, music projects, they just got sober and they're doing like something wildly radical with their relationships. 
so yeah, I just, I, I, I love how you, what's the word, amplify women, but also men too. But is there like, how do you, like, how, what do you look for in a guest? How do you choose your guests? Um, I look for potential. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of potential. Potential in like their lives, in the you know, it could conversation. Be in, it can be in their career, it can be in their love life, it can mm-hmm. be in just their artistic way of thinking because I do have a theme on my show mm-hmm. and you know it's a bunch of artists yeah. that come mm-hmm. so it has to kind of be with the show business yeah so that's the theme that's the main theme but I'm basically going to look out for someone that has a story yeah. to share mm-hmm. and I'm very open about it and it helps me it's yeah. so I never thought that starting your own podcast would be so therapeutic I agree it's very therapeutic so right? therapeutic and I kind of it helps me to know that I'm not alone in mm-hmm. some types of situations because mm-hmm. I kind of realize, like, oh my God, we're all going through the same shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I go about. I do have to, you know, think marketing wise, like, okay, yeah. if I had this person, people are going to want to hear about that person because they know right. each other. Yeah. You know, they went to the same show mm-hmm. or they made music together. So that's kind of like what I look out for for my podcast. Okay. For the radio show, I want people that influence the gay community. Okay. So a lot of women, of Uh course. Yeah. But I do get, you know, gay men. And, uh, you know, tomorrow, actually, it's very interesting. My guest, she went to Occupation Double as well. Okay. She's very athletic. Uh So we're going to talk about, how do you say this in English? Identity, but like, identité du genre. Like gender identity? Gender identity. Yeah. With sports. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting, very right? Interesting. In terms of competitions and stuff like that. It's very so controversial. Very hot topic. Oh, it's very. very, very polarized. That'll be a very great, mm. it'll be a very interesting. So I'm really interested. So yeah, I just want to, I, I always like to kind of provoke people. Yeah. You know, I like to make a statement and be uh-huh. like, I'm here and I'm not going away. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, like you are like magically charismatic, right? Like thank I, you. yeah. And like, when you listen to your podcast, you can like, t- you can tell how your guests feel. You can tell they feel very, that like they feel very good. And like, I know mm. you're not doing it in your living room anymore, but it feels like that. It feels very intimate. And like you, so you get your guests to go very deep. And I'm just wondering, like, have you always been charming and charismatic? And do you think that there was something like your childhood is very interesting with like the four, the four kids from different countries, mm. big family, yeah. um, I know, so it's, I now I know how your coming out went. Like, I know you had some learning difficulties in school. Like, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And it, sound, but it sounds like your family was very loving. So it sounds like there was like adversity and also like yeah. positive elements. But I just, do you think, like, does charm run in your family? Like, how do you think, like, do you, sometimes I think that there's, there's like a personality project. It's like, okay, this is, this is the world I'm in. This is the personality I need. Like, how, how do you think you became so charming? I was always this happy kid. Yeah. I was always so happy, like so young, <laughs> and I was just interested by everything. Mm-hmm. And when I understood that I was adopted and I came from a family that was very poor uh-huh. and they couldn't raise a child. Yeah. What was your, you were adopted from what country? Romania. Romania. Okay. okay. I was born in Romania uh-huh. and I was adopted at the age of 14 months. Okay. So not. Not right off the bat. Yeah, so no. not really. It's some kids from Romania, it's like late, late, right? Oh, like three, three, it's crazy. six. And basically, just to kind of tell you my story, like I came from, basically my mother was, um, she was in the streets. Like, okay. You know, and yeah. I think I was kind of an accident. Right. And she did 
the hardest thing that yeah. any mother could do and is to give up their, their child uh-huh. for them to have a better future. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did. Um, but the orphanage that I was at the time, there was a lot of, you know, issues going on with the state at the time. Mm-hmm. So they closed every orphanage. Oh, every I orphanage. I've heard of this before. Okay. But I was one of the last babies to come out before oh, they shut it wow. down. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And all the other kids, they waited till they were like 10 years old and then they were put in the streets. Oh, no. So you just missed. Like, and then I realized that could have been me. Right. And what was so hurtful about it is I am from Romania, but, you know, obviously, obviously I have a darker, you know, yeah, I have okay. a dark skin. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of look more Indian. Right. Yeah. Because I'm a gypsy. You're a gypsy. Okay. Gypsy. Yes. So. And they're not well known. Yeah, like, they're not. People think they're horrible. It's you gypsy. Know? So, but like gypsy, what do you mean by that? Like, what is that? So basically, you know, gypsies. I don't know how to say it in in English. So sont des nomades. A nomadic, yeah. Yes. Okay. So they yeah. move a lot, mm-hmm. but they're from. There's a bunch of them in Europe, but mm-hmm. I think mine were from India. Okay. And basically, I think they were at Romania at the time that I was born. Okay. And but people see them as you know. Bandits, ba- yeah, bandits, um, bandits. yeah, bandits. bandits, like thieves. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely, there's a definitely like a stigma with gypsies, and it's almost like, absolutely, are yeah. you even allowed? Like, we, like we can't be gypsies for Halloween mm. anymore. Like, it's, it's a. But you know, a lot of people from Quebec they don't know what that is. What gypsies? What gypsies are? Yeah, they right. Have no idea what right, right. gypsies are. But what was fascinating is that there was this couple that they didn't want me. Oh. A lot of parents did not want me. Because you were darker because skinned? Of, absolutely. Oh, no. And my parents, they thought I was so cute. And then well, yeah. they asked my parents, they were like, are you sure? Wow. Are you sure you want him? And this is only 24 years ago. Oh, my right? God. And my parents, they got so mad that they were like, he's the one. They're like, yeah. We're taking him. Simon's the one. <laughs> yep. Wow. So knowing all of that, knowing how how I could have died at such a young right. age. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to make the best out of it. And that's what I'm doing. Right. And you were, it seems like you were, you're like a beloved child, right? I, I was always so grateful yeah. for everything that I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had my moments where I was, you know, I'm, I am a diva. Not going to okay, lie. Okay, good. I am a diva. I am high maintenance. I like uh-huh. things to be done the way they're supposed to be done. Right. Especially when I'm on set mm-hmm. or when I'm working. But you know, after that, I realized that I'm like, okay, Simon, just pinch yourself. Like, so many bad things are happening around the world. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not such a big deal that you don't have the right palette for your makeup today. Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So, uh, yeah, and also because I I grew up in a very loving family. Yeah, I think the main thing that was important for my parents when they raised us it was to accept others mm-hmm. and to just share love right? and to be grateful for everything that you have and to be independent. Okay. It was very important for them. Okay. So yeah, I was always just a bubbly kid. A, a what's the word? A bubbly kid. I was a so bubbly. bubbly. Okay. Yeah. 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 And yeah, just so happy. And I, I was in love with music. Mm-hmm. Music just, it was the thing that brought me so much happiness. Yeah. I have an image of you. That you were just wearing your mom's high heels and dress and and singing along with Britney Spears when you were three years old, and I can see that. I can see that. Right? I would okay. I would go in her closet yeah. and pick out some heels, Aww. and my two like toes would, you know, yeah, they barely. would be out of the yeah. Show. 
That's so cute, yeah, right? That's okay. kind of yeah. And you know, my mother, she's she's my best friend. Uh-huh. She knows everything about me. She knows she knows all the boys I date. She knows everything. Yeah. And she just she knows me like no one else. Mm-hmm. So it's warm environment. Very and then, warm. but you yeah. have so you have a younger sister and then an older brother and sister. I, I have a young, two older brothers. A younger sister. An older brother and an older sister. Okay. Yeah. And do you find like being the middle child, did you have any, like, did you think that affected your personality or any like dynamics? It was hard. Okay. And you know what was hard? Because I was the baby for a long time. Oh no. And then they adopted my little sister. From China. And I was so mad about that. I remember I was like, I'm not the baby anymore. How old were you when she came? I was like four or five years old. So I was like. You know, what the hell? Yeah. And my parents were like, okay, you're going to be a big brother now. And I was horrible to her. I was so mean. I did not apply for this job. Like, (laughs) no, I wanted, like, I wanted her to be out. Oh, no. But obviously, we're all very close today. But now it works. Okay. Oh, that's cute. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Sounds like you come by your, your charm naturally. And yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. Just a quick reminder to please follow This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platforms. You want to follow the pod because you don't want to miss an episode. For example, if you are a regular listener of This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life, it's possible that you were expecting my second date podcast with Philippe, which was supposed to come out this week. However, I have decided to sleep on a few details so that when I do publish the episode, it will be as tactful and entertaining as possible. So please stand by and thank you so much for being here and let's get to the episode. Great. Well, some so some of my favorite cheek to cheek episodes mm. involve riveting discussions about sex and love. Mm. So I think we are going to have a riveting discussion about sex and love. Let's do it. Okay. So Simon, I hear that you you like to fall in love. You love the experience Ugh. of falling in love, especially in the fall. So we're recording in November, everybody's favorite month. Um, how, and it's my birthday tomorrow. It's your birthday it's tomorrow. My birthday oh tomorrow. my goodness! I didn't this know is that. The perfect gift. I have a cupcake for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> how are things going for you, relationship-wise? Oh, uh, horrible. Horrible. Okay. Tell horrible. me what's horrible. Um, you know what? I think I say in every interview that I do that like I love to love and mm-hmm. I feel a lot, but the reason it's always in the fall is because I'm always so nostalgic mm-hmm. in the fall. fall is There's something time. about the weather. I don't mm-hmm. know. And it's just like you kind of rethink back of, you know, everything that you've been through, mm-hmm. all the experience that you had with your other partners. And what was really hard for me is that my first boyfriend, he's the one that I told you that I only loved once. And I've you've never, only okay. I've only, you've I've, only fallen in love one time. Yes, we were talking about. I've that had a before. bunch of boyfriends yeah. after, but I I didn't. Like You're them. making good time though. You're only 24. I know, but in my head, I'm like 40 sometimes. Oh, you are wise. Okay, and <laughs> uh, and you've advanced in your career more than most of us. So, okay, so you miss the you miss the one true the one boyfriend. How old were you when you guys were together? I was I was 18. Okay. Yeah. Oh, such a tender time. I was 18, and but. I mean, what was hard for me, it's not necessarily him. It's kind of how I 
how I didn't really respect myself okay. at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, I told you I was adopted. And if there was one thing that I regret doing with this guy is I just opened up myself completely. Okay. And there was like, no limit. Like, Hi, I'm he here. Was, Here's all of me. He was my life. Oh. Everything was about him. I remember I didn't even go to... I skipped school a lot at the oh, time. I was in college. So easy to do. Oh my God. <laughs> and I would, I would barely see my family. I was with him all week. Right. You lost yourself kind of. I lost myself completely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I lost friends. I lost... I almost lost my family. Is he? Was he a good guy? Um... I, I don't want to say that he wasn't, was it, but he knew what he was doing. It was a bit of a toxic dynamic. It was very uh, manipulative. Very, okay. very, very. Because he knew that I had so much trauma. With, no, I know, don't like him. Open up. <laughs> but what was hard is that we were kind of alike. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, I was in the arts, he was in the arts, and he did theater. Uh-huh. So he was very dramatic. Yeah. And, but he was so romantic. Mm. And that's kind of like why I fell for him so hard. Like, he would just show up, you know, at my school with flowers. And then he would show up at my my door. Right. At my house and just be like, he'd call me and be like, oh, get out, get out of the house. And I'd be like, what? And then I'd come out and he'd be there. Right. So, like, big romance. Oh, it was crazy. It was beautiful. And I still remember our first date, it's the most beautiful date. I've ever been to basically he took me out for dinner and then after that we bought a bottle and we went on the Champlain Bridge wow and we would listen to music and just drink and look outside and talk about life okay and then we went at the park and I remember you know when it's like you know he's gonna be your boyfriend and you just know well, it. I mean, it's happened like, yeah, not I, that many times. But yeah, <laughs> I, I can imagine I can imagine this feeling from I remember 30 like, years ago. Yeah. Kindergarten. Um, <laughs> so you, yeah, but you just are like, oh, this is it. Like I remember him leaving that night because he took a cab uh-huh. and I was waiting for mine. And I looked at the cab and I was like, okay, that's going to happen. I just know it. You just know it. Okay. I knew it was going to happen. And obviously... I mean, we gays have a tendency to just like move in after two weeks. You know what you, I mean? Okay, like, gay dudes are like that too. I knew that was this thing oh, with lesbians. We do but everything so quick. Right. But so we got together like two weeks after. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he became everything to me. Mm-hmm. I just lost myself completely. But okay. what was hard is that he, first of all, he broke up with me on my birthday. No. The first time he broke up with me. And then I gave him another chance because he came back crying. Oh. And then he broke up with me around Christmas. Oh, no. So do you hate these holidays or? Not even because okay. I'm so grateful. But at the time, I remember it was when we officially broke up, it was on December 7th. Mm. And what had happened is actually so weird, but I had a bad feeling and I knew he cheated on me because the night before he goes, I'll be downtown because he used to live in St. Eustache, okay, which yeah. is very far. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'll be downtown. I have like a, a dinner with a bunch of people from work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then at 11 p.m., he writes to me and he goes, we're still at our table and we're still waiting for our food. I was like, okay, that's weird. And then at midnight, he goes, hey, babe, um, I think I'm going to sleep in my office tonight. Because I, I don't want to go home. It's too far. And I knew it. You knew it was done. I knew it. I just felt it. And then the next morning... He calls me and he goes, we have to see each other tonight. Mm. He, says, he shows up at my front door 
I go in his car and I see all of my things. No, that's so dramatic. Wrapped in a bunch of plastic bags. No. And he goes, it's done. He goes, yeah, and I just knew it. And I, I felt so, I wasn't even like hurt at first. I was so mad. Yeah. Oh, it's betrayal. I was mad at myself mm. for giving him another chance. And that was on December 7th. And then after that, I don't know if you ever knew what, do you know what Finstas are? On Instagram? Finsta? Finsta? What's a Finsta? No, please tell me. So basically, like, I mean, it used to be the thing back then, but like, you would have your own Instagram and Uh then you would have another Instagram where you would punch, you would like post a bunch of like stupid stuff with your friends. A Finsta. Like only for your friends. Okay. For you and your friends. I didn't know this. So I had, you know, one of my gay friends, he had a Finsta and he posted a screenshot of another guy's Instagram feed. Mm. And on that Instagram feed, there was a photo of my ex and he wrote, I have the best boyfriend ever. And I saw that the next day that we broke up. And then I learned that they were together the whole time. No. So I, I was wrecked. No, I was, that's so hurtful. I was livid. Mm. And I was so hurtful because, you know, I told you that I have a tendency to kind of feel abandoned and yeah kind of came you know that was my with whole adoption life. it's like just part so of the... that being my first experience with love scarring i knew but i was grateful for one thing mm-hmm. i was grateful for the fact that you know what now i know that it's never going to go as hard as this it's that was the worst that it's going to be me. oh yeah, completely Simon. Broke me. but i'm so grateful because it just it helped me so much after like right now i know what i want and you know we spoke not long ago and we're fine now but i'm not mad at him anymore okay i i i forgave him mm-hmm. but i forgave him for me yeah for your benefit but i never forgot no i just forgave him and uh yeah so that was my first experience with love and so you're finding that it's maybe hard to find someone else after that like i'm still traumatized by it yeah it sounds terrible yeah it sounds really bad. i think i'm still traumatized by it because i'm traumatized of what i was feeling mm-hmm. at the time i was so invested and so in love yeah and i just you know there was that spark that i never experienced after and right. I, I don't know maybe it's gonna happen one day i hope so but at the same time it was so toxic Right. So toxic. Because you mention in your some of your interviews that you really like in love, you like it when it's intense. You like the high Absolutely. highs. I don't know about the low lows, but it's like you just really want to feel something, right? And like you like the push and pull mm. and like that makes you feel like this is it. But obviously that's not always easy. Like do you think like is that what you're looking for in the next thing? Like is that like the the high highs? Like, like and do you think that like do you do you identify as what do they call that uh, codependent? That's my favorite. Mm. And yeah, how do you like what's the balance between like just like really feeling the spark and turned on by this person and just like too much drama? So in French we call it l'excitation. What is it? What's the word? L'oxytocin. Oh, oxytocin. Yeah, we have this. Yeah. I have that like crazy. You have oxytocin. When it comes to my life in general. I'm always on a high. You're a high oxytocin person. So when I'm... But when you're on a high, you know that you're going to have a low. I know. It's such a drag. That's the thing. I'm so upset about this. It just... It has to be stable. Right. So that's kind of what I'm looking for in my next relationship. Is stability? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And 
I think that the reason why I love it when it's so intense mm -hmm. is because I have issues with loving and trusting somebody mm -hmm. and I kind of need it to be a bumpy ride so mm -hmm. that in my head, I think that he really cares about me. Okay. Like it feels like a real thing. You feel very alive. Oh, yes. And, you know, I was the type of person that would, you know, try to make him mad so that I can be like, okay, does he really care about me? Like, okay. What is he Intentionally, do to, like, like a pro provocation type thing. Oh, yeah. It's just horrible. And well, I, I used to be like that. And I've been working on it for for almost two years now because okay. I've been single for two years. Good and it's the longest that I've been single. <laughs> just have to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and do you go to therapy and stuff? Or you're just... I never went to never therapy. Never went to therapy. Never. You're on your zero but therapist. But I keep telling me that I have to. Well, I don't know. You talk a lot. Like I, I do find podcasting very therapeutic, very, actually, very. and it. I, I don't. I don't know. I There's a bunch I, of therapists that have their own podcast. By yeah, the way. and I like. I don't know. I go to therapy less since I've started the podcast. Hi, Karen. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> she, she means to. She means to listen. I don't think she ever you gets still around to that it. Deposit. Yeah. So just working on it individually. Absolutely. Yeah. Can we talk about having sex with lots of people at the same time? Because you mentioned that you are able to separate sex from love mm. in some instances. And so you you prefer to be in romantic partnerships with men, but you are able to have sex outside of a relationship maybe, and sometimes with women, not... I mean, well, I wouldn't even mind if women were there. Okay. That's the thing. Like um, just to hang out? Like just, yeah, have, they just, I just be on the side I honestly, watching? I, you just have to, you know, close the lights. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. So I mean women there is like you're sleeping with them or they're just kind of like hanging out? No, I like, mean, if I, I I'm not going to do anything. I connect with energy. Mm -hmm. I connect with, I don't know how to say it, but when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy because why is it that sometimes I'm with this girl and I feel a certain way mm -hmm. that I've never felt with any other woman in my life, you know, right. because of energy, because of the energy that comes out and the chemistry that we have. But yes, I do separate uh, sex and love a lot. Mm -hmm. And I've always been like that. And I always thought that everybody was like that. Right. Until I realized that, no, for some people, it's very important to, you know, be in love with your partner. And, and that's it. And that's it. Uh-huh. But I just wanted to experience everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, does that, does that mean like, do you identify as polyamorous? <sighs> Not quite. Yeah. Because I don't want to sit there and say I know everything about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I have a lot of friends that are involved and they, you know, they try it out and they love it. They love being polyamorous. They love it. They, okay. But I'm not there yet. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that I'm not open to it. Right. Because yeah. like I wanted to ask you about polyamory because I, I don't know a ton about it. Now I know a few more people and it's like, okay. But when I, my first experience with polyamory was like, a lot of very zealous polyamorous people, they were kind of like vegans who make that their whole identity. And they're like, right. hi, my name's Jacob, I'm polyamorous. And then they start talking about like their schedule spreadsheets and like their hinges. And it just is like, that's their whole thing. And it's like, it's not great advertisement for polyamory, but like, I don't know. I, I think it can be more subtle. Um, Like, what do you think? I think that, you know, there's no ending to it. Yeah. You know, when it's, especially between them, Mm -hmm. It's so personal. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I like about it. it. But it's hard to find people that are on the same track as you. Mm -hmm. And I, so I'm open to it, but it's like, am I ever going to find somebody that thinks the same way? Like, yeah. it's hard. 
But they do arrange a bunch of clubs and stuff Polyamorous like that. Polyamorous clubs, yeah. And parties and... Yeah, yeah. I think sex parties are fun, but I, I mean, I've only been invited you, to one. Have you ever been to one? Only one. Okay. I thought it was great. But then it's like, yeah, I mean... Yeah, just and just because people like same with like the kink community, like just because like you might be kinky, other people are kinky doesn't necessarily like mean that you want to be kinky with whatever meetup you end up at, right? So it's a little absolutely like can be absolutely. a bit limiting. It's like yeah, how do you mm. find how do you find your your people who are like compatible with you that way? Um, so there's a there's a thing called Grinder. Oh, okay, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know all the gay men's are on it, but what's fun about Grinder is that you really see what the person is into. Right. So you have a bunch of choices, right? Mm-hmm. He's into that, he's into this. So it's fun to try it out. But I will say that, you know, my experience with Grinder and meeting strangers, right? Because mm-hmm. they're strangers, has been fun. You've had a fun time? Absolutely. Oh, it's a miracle. Absolutely. Okay, I'm yeah. happy for you. I love it because that's kind of like how I try everything that I want to try. Okay. I don't want to try... I don't want to try out stuff with people that I know because I just think it's a right. Bit weird. Okay, okay. So then, like, what when trying things out, you mean like just like having sex with multiple people? If like, I would, yeah. If I was to have sex with, let's say, a girl, mm-hmm. it would be someone that I don't know. Okay. Or yeah. if I had to, if I would have sex with, let's say, like a, a gangbang, mm-hmm. it would have to be with people that I don't know. Right. Okay. Because it's just, yeah. I don't it's know. Just I'm like a little. That. Okay, but yeah. because you're able to separate sex from love. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Huh, that's interesting. Mm. I've never thought of using, I mean, I don't know why. I haven't thought of using online dating as a more... That's why I use it. Okay, like a more sort of a way to be detached. If I'm into something, if like, let's say at the moment I want to try something out, I just go on Grindr and I see who's into that. Okay. And that, But I obviously I have to you know, feel safe and mm-hmm. I have to appreciate the vibe. And Yeah, how do you feel safe with strangers? Like how everybody says meet in public first, but like... Um... I basically invite them over. Okay. I don't go at anybody's. Okay. Just because I had a few experiences that kind of didn't really go well. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I tell myself, if they come at my place, see? You can kick them out. Yeah. If there's something like that, or if I feel in danger, like, you know, I have a bunch of friends that live right, my family's right next to me, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? So I'm not scared about that. And usually when they come to your place, they're pretty serious. Right. You know what I mean? They're not going to like... When they say, oh, let's meet for a coffee, I don't want to meet for a coffee. No, okay, you want to get down to business. Yes. Okay. Yes. Huh. And, you know, it's funny because I'm not going to mention him because he's probably not going to listen to our, our interview, well, but then... <laughs> I ha- I tried out with this guy not long ago. Like, we've okay. been seeing each other like three, four times. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was just for sex. Like, really yeah. just for sex. And he texts me the other day and he goes, I feel like you don't think of me. I feel like I'm always the one trying to arrange us meeting and i'm like okay so and he's like and so i told him i was like okay but it's not what you think it is and then he was getting attached and that's Mm. when i get like i get crazy because i'm like why is it that i can't develop something with someone and that person doesn't get attached right like why and like hard but then you when you get attached the other person might not be into you like it's like i mean it can be vice versa but usually if i get attached is because i have a feeling that you're into me as well. Okay. Like, because it all has to do with the energy, right? Mm-hmm. And the chemistry that you guys have. Right. Sometimes it's instant. Uh-huh. And when it's instant is because of the way that he made me feel. Yeah. If he made me feel like that is because he, he's not just a straight, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I, I am very charming. 
Oh, you are. Very, I bet very you charming. nail your first dates. Oh, you just nail it. Always. I would love to go on a first date with you on the and podcast. Then I don't yeah. test them back. Oh, you don't test them. <laughs> Simon. Yeah, there was somebody <laughs> on the podcast recently. Mariam Khan was also like, yeah, so good at first dates. And then it's like, well, yeah. that, enough's enough. No, I know. Like, okay, that, was your, that was your free performance, right? Yeah. I'm in the... I'm in the biz. I'm in show business. Like you're, you're giving them a gift. Okay. You have to. But you know what? I will say this. I have met a lot of amazing people mm-hmm. that are some of my best friends today. On Grinder. And that we were just supposed to be fuck friends. Okay. You know? So I'm just, I'm always open to meet new people. Yeah. No matter what. I mean, it's uh-huh. what I do. Yeah. So yeah, I'm open to. Okay. Yeah. And so you are very young. I, uh, you're 24. Mm-hmm. I like Alexia. And... Yeah, you're a, you're a youthful rising star, but do you have, like, what are your visions for a relationship? Like, would you ever want to settle down with somebody? Do you want to have kids? Like, Wow. Okay. La question qui tue. The, the question, the murderous question, yes. he says. Okay. Um, I love children, but I love other people's children. Okay, yeah. And what I mean by that is... I don't see myself having children of my mm-hmm. own. Yeah. But I do see myself being like the cool stepdad. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say I meet a guy and he already has like two kids. Yeah. And I'm I'm there, you know, I'm not, I'm there, but not too much there. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be into that because I'm just so career focused. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, Erica. You have no idea. Yeah. That's all I think about, oh, which could be a problem, of right. course. But I just feel like when you settle down with someone... And then you start having a bunch of kids. There's something that you have to give up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. that kid becomes your priority. The center of your world, for um, better or worse. Which is not the case for me right now. As mm-hmm. you said, I'm a... What did you say? Raising, a, a rising you, star. You're a youthful rising star. Youthful rising star. Yeah. And I really have to focus on what I have to focus. But, I mean, that's what I feel for now. Maybe okay. in 10 years, right. things are going to change. But know? everybody says that when you're like, oh, you'll, you might change your mind. There's still time. And like... I was pretty decided in my twenties, yeah, and what and about you? no, I no, I don't, I don't want children. I, I'm I'm very good at taking care of people. I took care of people like through adolescence. I babysat. I worked at summer camps. Lots of work with people with disabilities. Spent two years of my life taking care of people with disabilities. You know, and there was a mutual experience. I chose to be there. I was happy to be there. But I just like when I got out of there, I was like. Um, it was for it was a home for people with intellectual disabilities, and and it was like we were. I lived there. I didn't have my own apartment, right. and so we were busy from nine uh, six six a.m. I would give somebody. She had a gavage. She had like a a tube, mm. uh, feeding tube. I would pour the can of peptamin into her feeding feeding bag. I went, you know, go wake someone else up and like get everybody their peanut butter sandwiches. And then we would go all day until like 10 p.m. We'd have like three hours off in theory per day. It wasn't enough. And I was like, I think it was a very valuable experience. I learned about like what it takes to be a person, like what, you know, like doctor's appointments, grocery, and what it takes to be an adult to like Mm, cleaning routines. Not all of them stuck right away. But afterwards, I was just like, I was 21. And I was like, what can I do so that there's no... Nobody has any control over my time. And so I became a translator. I was like, I just, I was like, I never, like, I didn't, I was so, like, the idea of a day job is just abhorrent to me from that time on, age 21. And I just, I, I can see, I have had day jobs where I worked with kids. I worked in a Montessori school. I, could, I see what it takes. It takes everything. It's hard. It takes everything. It's and it's so just hard. like the rewards for me. And then the other thing is, I don't, I know this is a little, 
I don't know, self-absorbed. I don't want to pass on my, <laughs> I don't want to see a little me twirling her hair with an eating disorder. I just, oh, okay, I, I don't want, yeah. I don't want that. And I know that I have, I'm very grateful for my life. I'm very happy now, but I just, I don't, I feel like it's, it's a struggle. You're passing mm. down a struggle. And uh, of course. It's not for me. Um, yeah, I'm pretty adamant about that. And I didn't, I didn't change my mind. I feel like there was like three months when I was with my ex-boyfriend where I thought, well, maybe we could have a baby, but then like mm. done. No. So I didn't I mean, change my mind. It's such an important job and it's mm-hmm. the hardest. It's beautiful. It's and right. And you have your mom who's like, bring on the kids, mm. right? Like, and that's like, a, it's a, I mean, she must have, it must have been like a vocation for her, like a call, right? Like, you don't just like. Well, ad- you know what's funny is actually my mom, she always wanted to adopt. But uh-huh. She wanted four girls from China. Oh. <laughs> four girls from China. And then my dad came in and he was like, well, I want my two boys. <laughs> so they got two boys. Well, actually, they got three girls. Uh-huh. And then they got my brother. Well, I meant uh-huh. me. Like, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are the beloved son. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. But I think that. You said it, but when you become a parent, I mean, it comes with trauma. Uh-huh. And like it or not, that kid is going to imprint on it. And so, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, but how is how is your relationship with your father? Is it okay? I like that you asked about that. <laughs> wow. I, I think you're the first person to ever ask me. I always talk about my mother. Yeah. But now it's time to talk about dad. If you're up for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. I love him okay. so much. Uh-huh. And I was never was always easy with him. Yeah. Just because, you know, I think for any gay son, I yeah. mean, you know, with your dad, it's not always easy. Uh-huh. But I will say this. My dad, he's a reserved person uh-huh. with everybody, yeah. not just with me. Mm-hmm. He's very reserved and very, you know, he'll tell you like it is, right? Mm-hmm. And he was born in the 60s. Right. So, you know, it, it's another game. Like, it's not the same thing. Yeah. But we would argue a lot because I I didn't understand back then that you can't change someone. No. And if they act a certain way, if they think a certain way, who are you to try to change that? Mm-hmm. And with my father, I would get so mad because I felt like we were never on the same page. And I thought he was so, like rude sometimes mm-hmm. and then i just realized that's how he is with okay. everyone else and but i there's so much love okay and i feel it and mm-hmm. he's very as much as like he has like a deep voice and he, he's very sweet mm-hmm. and very sensitive he must be proud of you right i hope he is yeah Hi, <laughs> what are your parents names um so my mom is natalie natalie and my dad is jake okay hi natalie and jake <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it Okay, so the two of us will probably not, well, maybe you'll get married and have kids. I don't think I will, but um, I have a listener question, which... Let's do it. Yeah, it's, we can give our perspective, which is, yeah, outside of the realm of this person's experience. Okay, so you ready? Yeah. Okay. Dear Erica and Simon, I am a 43-year-old dude, and I've been married to my wife for 17 years. Wow. When we met, we had the most magical love story, and for the most part, we've lived happily ever after. We have three kids and a dog, a nice house, good jobs, all that. We even have sex a few times a month, which I'm told is amazing at this stage of the game. But I miss the excitement and intensity of our early days. 
Also, three kids and adult life haven't been easy on our bodies or our faces, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I can still get it up for my wife, but I find I am longing and nostalgic for a life before children and responsibilities. Nostalgic for our life and also for our looks. Recently, I've started to masturbate to photos of my wife when she was in her late 20s. I feel like this would horrify her, and I feel bad. And yet, it does the job. Am I a terrible person? Should I stop? Please help. Love, weary dad in the throes of nostalgibation. I love that username. Can I just say that? <laughs> nostalgibation, yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. First of all, I think we should just congratulate him on being so vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. that was a deep question. That was very for deep. For a weary dad. Oh my God. So married for 17 years. Ugh, I can't even imagine. Oh, so much so much happens, right? Yeah. And they have kids. Yeah, three kids. We don't know how old the kids are, but probably, I mean, they're probably out of the snotty diaper stage by now. Here's what I think. Okay, good. As a dude. Because mm -hmm. I am gay, but I'm mm -hmm. a dude. Mm -hmm. We do have a tendency to think with this before our head. With the dick, the cock before the yes, brain. We do have a tendency to feel like that. And I think what's hard in his situation is that he doesn't want to hurt his wife, mm -hmm. right? And because, how? wait, what, what, how old was she in those pictures? 20-something. So 20 she's something. In, her t in her late 20s, so 29. So he's basically grieving the past. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you were the woman, mm -hmm. how would you feel? Well... I mean, I would feel bad, but personally, I'm 38 and I, I actually like, I feel like there's pros and cons to every year of my looks. And I, I, I don't, I, I like what I look like now. Right. I don't mm. feel like I've decayed, you know, my body's about the into same. Botox and fillers? No, nope, nothing. No, right. I have a, and I am a bit against it, but right. But I haven't aged significantly. So it's maybe easier for me to say like. But if I, if, if, yeah, if I, if my body had changed a lot and he was more into my old body, I think, I think I would be close to devastated. Like, I think mm. I would be pretty upset. And I mean, I think you would have to be pretty confident. I don't know. That's like. It's a sensible topic. Yeah. Sensitive. Especially yeah. for women, right? Because we're always, <laughs> I said, we're always like, <laughs> so I was yeah, a woman. Yeah, yeah. But what I meant by that is we're always taught to you know, appreciate us the way we are. Yeah. And I, I do think there's so much, there's kind of like this, how do you say it? This pressure for women to look a certain way. Perfect. It's a pressure to look perfect. Absolutely. On social mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but you know, most of the people that come on my show. They're babes. They're they babes. hot. Yeah. But they're so insecure. Really? Okay. So insecure. Yeah. And I mean, I knew it. Like, I mean, it does. It makes sense when you think about it because all they think about is their looks. Mm. So what are they going to, you know, they're going to start doing Botox and fillers and just yeah. stuff like that, you which know what? I have nothing against because I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, if that's what you're into, then mm -hmm. fine. Who's going to take that away from you? And I, I actually am looking out to get a, a bit of Botox as well. Really? Let me see your forehead. Where are you going to get your Botox? You don't have anything. And you know what? The 11 lines. I noticed I have 11 lines. I'm like, just, Oh my God, I'm so scared to have that. We should just do a little facial yoga. Just rub your hands up your forehead I a little bit. I heard about that. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, I've watched three videos. Um, 
No, I mean, Botox is very ubiquitous. It's always been so controversial. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's true that people like, it's bad to say that hotter people, but like, you know, people who have been, are more conventionally attractive, sometimes I find they are more insecure because it's like, that's their thing as they are like, that that's they've, all all, they've been the hot one their whole life. So then they have to like, they when they're like 34, they have to scramble to like keep their face up, which is devastating. Yeah. No. I mean, unless you want to look like a 55-year-old cougar. like. Well, but don't you think that, like, all that work is makes you let people look worse? Like, And it actually goes away. Like, it doesn't... It's, you have to do it all the time. Right? And then away. you lose your muscles, so it makes it worse. And I heard that the more you get older, you know, the more that your skin falls, it drops. Yeah. So with the Botox, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. I think facial yoga is far superior to Botox. My oh, mom dear. would love you. Yeah, well, She's I love her already, that. Natalie. She's very but against that. Simon, she... your cheeks, they're so perfect. Like, Can what you, do you believe mean? that I wanted fillers? You wanted fillers? I would, have, fi- I you would have looked like a big jumbo cheeks of a pumpkin. dreamy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, okay, maybe this woman, maybe she's not so into looks. Maybe she won't mm. care. But you were saying he's 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 grieving the past. That's what he's, he's, that's grie- what he's, grieving. he's grieving. Is he grieving the fact that he's getting old? Or is he grieving the connection? His young, you know, years. Because I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, when you're in your twenties and you have the time of your life, something that you know you're always going to remember. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it makes him a bad person. No, absolutely not. I just think that maybe there a need for a discussion, a little, you know, chest to chest. Yeah, cheek to cheek, chest to chest. Yeah. I think that heart to heart. I think it is more to focus less on the fact that you're jerking off to the photos. Like uh, I mean who cares? Who, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like that it's that or Instagram models. Like, you know, you we're all we're like, all jerking yeah. off to all kinds of things. Actually, I don't use photos. I use nothing. Zero. Yeah, I use porn. <laughs> okay. I use I right, but like, like I can't. Right? Like some but some some partners are very upset when they're when their partners like wives are very upset when their husbands watch porn um, i love that you say that because i've always wanted to talk about this in a podcast and people mm-hmm. are so scared to talk about to it. talk about porn oh there's talk about how in relationships it kind of, porn kind of becomes sacred yeah like i don't know how to say it like it's either forbidden Mm-hmm. Or it's either they watch it together. It takes too much power. It takes up too much. But watching together, that's that's, that's hot. That seems healthy. That's healthy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that. I do have a problem with porn, though. Yeah, it's addictive. Much, yes. First of all, but it's it's so not the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what do you think of OnlyFans? OnlyFans on Instagram. I've never. It's like a so OnlyFans. It's kind of like a platform. Yeah. It's a rated R platform where you share a bunch of pictures and videos and you sell them and people have to pay to watch your content. I've never I've never been on it. I've heard my friend's hairdresser did it in the pandemic because he didn't have enough money. Um, I mean, I think a slippery slope, but maybe is it more ethical than regular porn? Because it's like going straight to the person. There's something very different about porn. And, you know, actually a lot of girls that came on my show, they have an OnlyFans. Okay, yeah. yeah I heard this, yeah. The thing that's very different about OnlyFans and porn is that you're in control mm-hmm. of everything that you do. Yeah. I often say that people in porn are broken. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kind of this thing where they they need so much validation that they're they're ready to kind of sell their bodies mm-hmm. for that, you know? Right. And listen, I mean, porn is one thing, but think of the crew behind it. Yeah. It's a bunch of men. 
Yeah, it's a yeah, bunch of fat no, men. It's very, um, it's very like toxic, mm-hmm. and you know, there's pressure, and then there's money problems and stuff like that. But OnlyFans, it's kind of a way for a woman to kind of express herself in any way that she wants or any form, mm-hmm. and she's in control of everything, mm-hmm. and she's in control of who can see it and when she's gonna post it. But it's very, very controversial because a lot of people are like, at the end of the day, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're kind of, you're, you're selling your body. Right, right. Literally. Yeah. What do you think of that? Of, of only pa- fans selling? Only fans, I mean, yeah. like we've, what do you think of that? I mean, it's really hard to make a living, I guess. And it's like, so we're all kind of looking for a, yeah. a way. And I, I'm not saying it's an easy living. It sounds like it's quite exigent like very very demanding you have to look good yeah you have to like just like i don't know like just sometimes just posting a ukulele like i try to make ukulele videos i'm like no that's not cute enough today my lighting's off you know like i think that's i think it's draining i think yeah i think it's too bad that we're so visually like that Hmm. it's just we're such a visual culture um and so it perpetuates that but maybe it is slightly more ethical than I. Ju- I think it could just be a slippery slope. I don't. I don't have. I don't have very strong feelings about I OnlyFans. I like when there's when there's empowerment behind yeah. it. So what I mean by that is I'm I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use. Uh, you know I love Madonna. Yeah, you love Madonna. I yeah. love Madonna, and she's inspired me so much. And the reason why she inspired me so much is because she always did everything on her own, mm-hmm. on her own terms, and you know she's very provocative because she knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. And there is this story that I love of her that I use often. When she was young, you know, she was in New York. She had Mm -hmm. 30 bucks in her pocket. Yeah, yeah. And she was trying to make money. Yeah. She did everything that she could to make money. Uh And there's this uh, photographer who took pictures of of her in the nude. Right. And he wanted to sell those pictures uh-huh. to make money off of her. Uh-huh. And what she did is that she scrapped a project and she signed a deal with Penthouse. <laughs> and she did real beautiful nude pictures mm-hmm. and she got all the money. Yeah, yeah. That for me is different because somebody was going to do something and she stopped him mm-hmm. in order to be like, you know what? This is my body mm-hmm. and this is my money. Taking and power and that. control. Yeah. I admire that. Mm-hmm. It's different. But when it comes to porn, it's broken. Yeah. There's something about men telling you what to do yeah. with your own body mm-hmm. that I don't like. Yeah, and it's so it's so focused. It's so it's tailored so to it's so tailored to men. And like yes. God, I mean, I, one day I'm just gonna do a podcast called Pubes. Like <sighs> I just want to talk about pubes like it's just like that that it's like the standard is that we have no pubes it's just like why is why is this a thing like why Mm. you know and like all the efforts i have done to deal with pubes i just and i I still don't really understand what to do but so in that case is is it better that he's jerking off to like old photos of his wife instead of porn i'm sorry we keep getting away from that oh my god i mean is it hurting anybody i think it isn't that bad. I, I think that... What, I don't think it's hurting yeah, anybody. I, I think that... Don't tell her. I think, though, that there is a deeper issue here, is that you are... Yeah, you're mourning the excitement, the spontaneity, the intensity, and the freedom of those early days. Mm. Are you really mourning your wife's old body? I think it's more the connection that was perhaps lost around yeah, or the sexual along freedom. the way. And yeah, sexual Absolutely. freedom. Like maybe, so yeah, you want to keep jerking off to her. That's fine. But I, 
I think sort of the the surrender to the like, well, we have sex a few times a month. Like, okay, good, good start. And maybe that is enough. But like, I think that it sounds like you want something more spicy. And I think that I would recommend sexual assignments. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, I think that you should have sex once a week, not in your bed. Like you should find a way like have sex somewhere else, have sex at the library. Be careful not to get caught because then you can become a sex offender. But like usually straight, straight people, it's okay. And yeah, sexual assignments, like sex dates, like where you just like we, you block it, like as unromantic as it is, as it seems, I think that married people need to do this as they need to block sex dates. And it's like, okay, three hours, Thursday afternoon, that's for us. No kids, no phones, nothing. And it's just like, even if you don't have sex, you do like massages. It's very healthy, actually. Yeah, yeah, like just like massage, rub each other's head, read each other, like erotica, you watch, do something like, it just, it sounds like you need to cultivate your relationship. And yeah, the, and I think what's very important for him as well is that, I mean, it's one thing to jerk off to these pictures, but just be sure that it's not time consu- consuming. Yeah, 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 and that, that too. You're that not, it's not, you know, you're not, you still have sex with your wife. Yeah. And, you know, it's like an, you have an to addiction, sure like the photo album. If it becomes an addiction, then there's a problem. There's another, yeah, there's another hole to address. Because you're grieving something. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? I think you, I you're think kind of you like hit in it. Utopia. With the like, you're grieving. And I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, some people will grieve certain times of their lives forever. It, it's nice that you had that love story, though. I mean, that's, that's nice. And I wonder, like, can you. Mm. work the thread a little Absolutely. more and he should, he should cherish it forever yeah and maybe and maybe like come back to like maybe talk to her more about that time like that might help to spice things up a little bit and like because it's not gone i yeah i wonder it's fascinating with aging like aging bodies i remember one time i was trying to buy leggings in november and 2019 or something like this and i was like all upset because I couldn't, I was just like, I used to like my legs more. I can't find pants that fit. I'm going to spend mm. all of the winter buying leggings and taking them back. And then like the leggings. And then you had to try it out. A whole, no, it was a, it was a disaster. And I remember actually it was, I remember calling my ex-boyfriend and just like crying about, I'm just like, oh, I used to be hotter. And he was oh. like, he was like, your, your taste, your taste ages with you. He said that. Cause I don't, he was with somebody in his forties and like, yeah, it's not interesting to I mean I don't know I'm never bit, but like to be with somebody who's just like so perfect like okay whatever it's interesting like sex is interesting but like it's also interesting the way faces change and the way bodies change and the, like the sort of the personality and the story behind a more wrinkled face like a more like more saggy um, Can I tell you one thing? Yep. I actually sleep with older men. Oh fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've always been into that. And like, they're not <laughs> like, they're not like ripped necessarily. Oh, uh, they're very, they're beautiful in their own way. Mm-hmm. You kind of like, yeah, they're not ripped, but I mean, they're, they're still attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. they're beautiful yeah. older men. Yeah. And I've always been into that. Yeah. yeah. And obviously it has to do with daddy issues. And yeah. daddy issues and stuff like that. And it's funny because you ask me, how is the relationship with your father? Uh-huh. And obviously has to do with something like that. Yeah. In my head, do I feel like I had a father that was absent? You know, that yeah. wasn't there. You do feel like that. I don't like to say that I do. It's because okay. I know that he wasn't. He was there. But. It's a conflict we have to work it's with. It's kind of like in my head, he was absent for 
you know, when I needed to talk about certain things,、uh-huh. where I needed my my dad's advice on certain stuff,、yeah. it would have been nice. But at the same time, he's not like that. He、and、had I, he had limitations, absolutely. And you had to had, grieve that. I have to respect it.、Mm-hmm. And you know, every parent is different. And what I like to tell people is, it's our first time for、mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, it's their first time. You know, being parents, it's our life. You、yeah,、know? yeah. But I'm glad that I see it like that now.、Mm-hmm. But it was hard for me, and I think that by sleeping with older men, I kind of found what I was missing. You、oh, know? Okay. Which was, you know, having an older man asking me about personal、oh, stuff, right? Having just, that concern. Yes, and just you know, kind of having that old people figure. Yeah. You know. Who inspires you and kind of pushes you、mm-hmm. to the max?、Uh, yeah, that's kind of why. But all my boyfriends were my age, though. Okay, okay. Like, so it's like、dated. something you did on the side, sort、yeah. of thing. Okay. You know when I said that, like, I really separate, I separate sex and love. Yeah. That's it's kind of the an older man is more sex, but yes, that, absolutely. But there's something healing about that. Um. Yeah. So, but back to what's his name? Weary dad in the throes of <laughs> nostalgiation. And love nostalgiation.、Um, I have one more suggestion, and I would say, and it might take a while to get there, but I would say go to a sex party because that could be really interesting. I just like I've only gone to one sex party, but、yeah. it was like, holy shit, nobody gives a shit about their ass. Like it's just like there's just all these butts and like all shapes and sizes of butts, like and every、yeah. pubes, no pubes, like whatever, what the fuck, like you know, boobs down to your knees or up to your nose, like. Nobody gives a shit, and I'm just like, oh my god, I work out so much.、Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. That was like a, no, but it's funny.、Um, no, I've I, actually never been to a sex party. I yeah, I've only been to one. I mean, the problem is if you go, you'll probably like hook up with whoever you went with. Which pros and cons? Like maybe it's not a problem, but like that might like, happen. Walk me through what happens. Like, well, it depends on the sex and... party, but like I, I think it really depends. I think there's often like things are structured so that people's like consent is very important. So it's it's very there's very safe parameters. I went to one with a dungeon. There were certain rooms where certain things were allowed. Like there was sort of like this like mattress. Like there was an orgy room. There was another room where you had to keep your clothes on. I think something like this,、um, and then another room where it was a bit of a mixed bag. But like consent was very important. There were toys. There was like tie up. There was like、um, uh, like a sex swing. Well, no, like like what do you call that? Shibori. Didn't one of your podcast de-、mm, guests talk、shibari. about shibori? Okay. Where there was like there were places to be up,、yeah. tied up, so hot. She does that. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah, Mel, it's good.、Uh, Hi, Mel. We always yeah. You're an inspiration. She.、Um, I want my own BDSM、oh, you would, lover. You would I, connect with her. Yeah, I would love. On another, her her English is absolutely terrible. But oh come on, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she kind of she's the one who introduced me to you to know kinks and stuff like that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's kind of the one who made me realize that it was okay to. Feel like that, and that、mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yeah, I think maybe for this guy, just like expand your experience of sex and and deepen your connection with your wife. And if if you need to jerk off to a few 
photos from yeah. the early 2000s. It's okay. And, you know, go out there. Go yeah. see what's going on. Get out there. Yeah. Yeah. And bring her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe she's into that as well. Yeah. And um, one time I gave my friend a mug and the mug said, bravo pour ta vie. Like, bravo. Yeah. Congratulations on your life. Yeah. And I was like, we all need this mug. Bravo mm. pour ta vie. So bravo pour ta vie. Um, nostalgia Bayesian friend. That's so cute. Yeah. That was great. We t- that was a very thorough answer, I think. Yeah. Um, do you, so are you ready for routines now? Of course. Okay. Um, Simon, do you have a morning routine? I do. Okay, good. it's really weird. Okay, what is it? Um, so I wake up really early. Okay, how I early? I wake up at like 4.30. Wow. 4.30 in the morning. Okay. And what I do is that... With an alarm? Of course. Okay. Yeah. But I, an alarm, and then my body naturally wakes up at like 5.30. Okay. So the first thing I do is I head to the bathroom okay. and I splash my face with cold water okay. for like 10 times straight. Okay. That's, That's the first healthy. thing I do. Yep. And then I do 15 push-ups. Okay. Every morning. Okay. I have to do that. Okay. And then Adorable. Um, I go for a walk. Okay. I really need to clear my head in the morning. At 4.30. Yeah. And I love that I, I kind of have the streets to myself. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know... I have such a busy schedule that mm-hmm. I never really have the time to kind of reflect on yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, my life, my relationships, my my work. Mm-hmm. So my only time that I have is, you know, early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I cherish these mornings like very, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then I have my morning coffee and then I, you know, I prepare my day uh-huh. and then I head at the studio. Wow. Okay. It's fun. 4.30. Yeah. All right. And then do you have a creative routine? Like a facial routine? Create. <laughs> well, you have your cold water, right? Yes. Okay. But then like, yeah, for your, like to prepare your interviews and like get your, oh. like your podcast and stuff yes. like that. Well, or like, I don't know, maybe say, you do coloring a normal and day, stuff. A normal day of shooting. Um, I like to schedule my interviews at like 11 a.m. kind okay. of. Like because, we did. Yes, because... We usually head for lunch after. Okay. Oh, nice. We usually do that. And it's kind of a way for me to to thank them to come mm-hmm. on my show and yeah. for me to get to know them. And then there's certain people that come on my show and I'm like, I want to work with them, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm going to take them out for dinner, for okay. lunch. Um, so I like to set it at that time. But in the morning, what I do is that I kind of have an hour or two where like I dedicate myself to this person. So mm-hmm. I'm going to look up everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it in advance. I oh, do it really? the day of because wow. I want it to be fresh in my that's head. That's so fast. Yes. yes. Okay. But just usually do like I do hour. know a lot about them. Like, like that's why you picked them. Absolutely. Yeah. But I like to just know things that people don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I like to well, bring that. it up during my interviews. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you noticed, but I like to bring back a subject. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to switch it up to something else completely. Right, right. And they're going to be like... Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to be, oh my God, I didn't think you were going to ask but that. But it seems pretty organized and you Very. can just organize it in one hour. Like, I, I really, I go with the flow. Okay. It's just, it's the way I interview. Uh-huh. So the first thing I do, I always ask them to introduce Yeah, you know, I noticed themselves. that. Yeah. Which is then it's less work for you too. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know that because yeah. No, the bios take a long time. Yeah. Absolutely. So the, what I do is that, you know, they're going to talk about, and people love to talk about themselves. Yeah, no, it's you know what I mean? a hot tip. That's yeah. why I do it. So they're going to talk about themselves and then I'm going to use a certain aspect of what they just said. Like and what? then I'm going to like transform it to be like, okay, so how did you feel about that? Right. Because you then, know that was what was important to them because that's what they, that yeah. what they brought up. Yeah. And I like to, 
as a host, I'm very respectful. Mm-hmm. Very respectful. No, you take you you take very good care of your guests. Absolutely, and you know, I tell them if there's something, you, if there's a part you want me to cut, mm-hmm. I'm going to cut it. And we usually like to have a briefing. Like we'll mm-hmm. usually go for coffee or something because I went on some podcast that they really like. Mm-hmm. You show up from one hour to this hour, and, and then, then they're like, "Bye, we're done." Bye, we're done with you. But you can stay all day. And you, if you, can't, you can't change anything. You can have a nap after if you want. <laughs> I have cupcakes for you in the freezer. You oh, can you're so sweet. Stay as long as you want. Uh, but yeah, no, it's important because it's, it's vulnerable also. Very. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And it's kind of, you know, your livelihood. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is my livelihood. So I want people to feel comfortable around mm-hmm. me because this, it's kind of, it's me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been, I take care of my friends. I like to cook for my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I like having people over. Mm-hmm. And I want for people to notice it through my show. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's so, I don't know. It's just, you're such a natural interviewer. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, how do you not say like, um, 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 all the time? I'm always like, I have to cut that out because I, I feel like I have a light stutter. Sometimes I'm well, like, Erica. Lie, when I speak in English, I do it more often because okay. I'm more French, right? Right, right. And French, it just comes out. Yeah, I don't know how to say no, it. it's very smooth. But listen, I've I've been watching a bunch of interviews since I uh-huh. was eight years old. Right, like I've always loved, and you know, I loved Martha Stewart. Yeah, and Barbara Walters. Uh huh. And Oprah Winfrey. I love love them. Yeah. So, so you watch I was them so inspired by closely. them. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I like how now I don't know if you noticed, but like a bunch of like singers become tv hosts right kelly clarkson uh-huh uh drew barrymore yeah that's which, true she's a fantastic actress that i mm-hmm. love so it's kind of like everybody's doing it now yeah okay so and i love just... that you can do a bunch of stuff because yeah i have my show i have my radio show but i also make music yeah okay oh well, i didn't know that about you yes, okay we could talk about it uh-huh. if you want. so what is your music routine like um so i write uh-huh. I compose uh-huh. and I have a piano at home. Oh, neat. Okay. Yes. And I've been playing the piano since I was 15 years old. Okay. 15, 16 years okay. old. Um, I learned by ear. Uh-huh. Wow. One day my parents, they kind of bought us a piano uh-huh. and nobody was playing on it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to learn it. What? So, and then I realized that I had, you know, a musical ear. It's like a good pitch. Well, our song is going to be splendid. Yes. And I didn't know that until I started to learn it because i i took i only took one piano lesson in my life wow and she kicked me out because i i didn't want i don't like to be summoned right and i don't like to be told what to do through my art and And some some piano some piano approaches are boring yeah i was like no (laughs) right twinkle twinkle little star yeah i love to you know watch my favorite movies and learn my favorite songs Uh and try to play them yeah yeah i just put my headphones and I listened to it a few times and then I start playing. Uh-huh. So that's when I started interpreting. And okay. then I was like, I have to write music. Uh-huh. So right now we're actually, we're working on a song. It's okay. a song that I wrote about uh, two weeks ago. I wrote it in 10 minutes. Wow. And it's in French, obviously. Yeah. I'm really into like pop franco, uh-huh. influence franco. And especially because people that listen to me are French. So I yeah, kind of yeah. have to follow yeah, that. Yeah. But it's an actual, it's really interesting. It's actually about grieving a relationship that never happened oh this is ambiguous loss yeah you know when you wake up from a dream and like 0.5 seconds and you feel so sad yeah and you can't explain it and then you forget about it Uh uh-huh that's what i want to talk about 
Wow. Because you, you woke up and you were thinking of this person that you don't even know. Uh-huh. But he made you feel that way. Wow. That's okay. what it's about. Oh, right. nice. And his piano, do you do like, you know how people have sound effects and stuff and like so that's where my producers come in okay right so i compose the music mm-hmm. i play the piano mm-hmm. and i have this wonderful friend of mine who actually came to my show she's a singer songwriter but she's a producer mm-hmm. so she produced a bunch of artists um her name is Maze, and oh yeah i so listened we, to that one yeah yes well no that one didn't come out yet no but oh, there the is one with Maze on the radio, radio yeah. yes i'm sorry but our podcast didn't come out yet. okay good so yeah so we just we were in the studio the other day and I, I sat there and I was like, I have my song. Uh-huh. What do we do? <laughs> right. I, I wrote it. I have no melody whatsoever. So the first thing we started to do is, on essayait de trouver les accords. We tried to find the chords. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I was like, okay, I have absolutely no idea. And I realized that I needed a piano to kind of figure it out. Yeah. I couldn't do it with my voice. No. So I started, you know, playing. Tinkering And away. then there was like these three notes that I thought were amazing. And I said, give me a beat. So she gave me a beat. And then, I'm going to show it to you later. Okay. But And then I started playing and that's how it happened. Wow. So we, we worked on the instrumental first uh-huh. and it's not completely done. Uh-huh. But she told me, I don't want to see you again until you put your words in the song. Wow. And then we can finish it. Okay. And this is your first song? My you first song that I'm going to... Uh, that's yeah, amazing. That I'm going to publish, okay. yeah. Right. I did do a bunch of demos in the past. Yeah. Just to kind of figure out my voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm still finding out, you know, what my voice is, mm-hmm. but it's hard. You, yeah. you need a bunch of people that are going to help you. Yeah. But the plan, actually, from the get-go, it was always to be an artist. Right. That's It's always been that. Mm-hmm. And I love to surround myself with artists. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get so inspired by them. But then I realized that I really love the radio. I love to host. I love to... So I was like, I could do both. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. So Li- I'm kind of building my own community. Uh-huh. And then one day we're going to drop my music. Living the dream. That's, that's kind of great. the plan behind it. Yeah. And I spoke to it, to my agent and that's kind of like the plan behind Love it. all of that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, very important. Do you have a cleaning routine? I do. Okay, good. I do. And you know what? I'm the type of guy that I cannot do anything unless my apartment looks good. Spotless. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) it's actually crazy. If I come home and let's say I want to start working on an episode of a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, my my whole apartment needs to be clean. Absolutely. I totally understand. Yeah. Every time I want to go outside or I want to go for a walk or I'm going to go see people. It has to be spotless. Yeah, because what if somebody comes over? What are you going to do? It plays with my mental health a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. so important. For okay. me, when I see some a place that's clean, I can think. Yeah. And I'm comfortable. So yeah, and I put music, and mm-hmm. I put, you know, sometimes I put podcasts. This is your strange and beautiful life. Yeah, absolutely. I told you I listen. That's yeah, why I yeah. listen to your show. It's like listening to people talk and about Can I the say something boards? that's very interesting? Okay, I the hope f- so. The first time I heard your show, oh my goodness. It was your interview with Alexia. Oh yeah. And I was heading to my first radio show. Oh wow. F- I was in the morning I was getting ready and I was so nervous cuz I was going to be on the radio for the first time. Uh-huh. And yeah, you kind of helped me kind of ease down. Oh, that's so sweet. So thank you so much. Oh, and thanks, Alexia. <laughs> I mean, our musical number that day was especially yeah. 
special. <laughs> so do you always do like a musical number? Oh, okay. yeah. Unless people refuse. But I, I strongly convince of them. Of course. Yeah it's, yeah. it's one of the best parts. I love to sing. Yeah. We're yeah. almost we're almost there. We just have one more question. If you If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? Wow. Um... And no, you know, there's no pressure to be noble about it. Religion. Okay. Yes. And no, no more religion? No or religion. No religion. Okay. And I don't know if people are going to throw some rocks at me. Yeah. Well, it, I have so many listeners. So yeah, look out. It's very blunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I mean by that is, you know, I feel like there's so much happening in the world because mm-hmm. of religion, because of people putting putting themselves higher than other people mm-hmm. through religion mm-hmm. and you know you know that song by michael jackson earth song i'm not sure Sing or it for us. imagine by john lennon yeah yeah it's, no it's religion too that. yeah i it's kind of like my motto imagine I've, all the people sharing I'm all the world imagine it imagine yeah. if there was a religion yeah or no type of book that mm-hmm. kind of tells you how to act through With all the rules? Yes, and through, who's through in, decades? Who's right? included? Who's not included? Who's okay? Mm. Who's not okay? Absolutely, right. Absolutely. I think that's what I, I would change. Mm-hmm. I would try to change. I'm also a firm believer in just writing, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, uh, you kind of like you have one life, and mm-hmm. you have to make the best out of it. Mm-hmm. So just write. To ride or write? Ride. Like ride. ride. Yeah, just go, ride through yeah, it. Just run through it. Okay. Run through it. Yeah, kind of like that. You know that American dream of like never stopping and just having nowhere to lay your head around and yeah. just you meet a bunch of people, you're always on an adventure. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my motto. You get a cupcake. Okay. Yes. Just go for it. Yeah. Don't don't take things too seriously. Right. Just, just ride. Ride through enjoy it. Enjoy yourself. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much. And everybody, you guys are going to, you're in for a really excellent ride because we are going to sing some Chania Twain imminently. So yeah, hang tight. We'll be right back and we'll see you on the other side. Okay. Love you. Bye. Let's go. Okay. So we're back and we're ready for everybody's favorite part, which is the half bad ukulele segment. And Simon, what song did you choose? You're the One by Shania Twain. Still the one. Yeah. Oh my God. You're the one. <laughs> Still the one. Yeah, but I am the one. And so you love Shania Twain, right? I adore Shania and Twain. shout I out sh- Timmins, Ontario. Hero. I love her. Yeah. And you went to see her. And so, yeah, we're going to sing her ballad. First two verses. So everybody Google the lyrics and sing along with us. Okay, ready? Let's go. I always get the giggles at the start. <laughs> okay. Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Might have took the long way. We knew we'd get there someday. They said, I'll bet they'll never make it. But just look at us holding on. We're still together. Still going strong. Still the one, still the one I run to. The one that I belong to. You're still the one I want for life. The other one, 
It's to the one I love, the, the only one, one I dream of. It's still the one I kiss goodnight. Ain't nothing better. We beat the odds together. Glad we didn't listen. Look at what we would be missing. They said, I bet. They'll never make it, but just look at us holding on. We're still together, still going strong. Still the one, you're still the one I run to. The one that I belong to. You're still the one I want for life. Still the one. You're still the one that I love, the only one I dream of. You're still the one I kiss goodnight. So glad we made. <laughs> that wasn't the right part. It's so glad we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. That was exquisite. That was I think we should send that I, to Shania. Yeah, She's gonna love yeah. it. You have a lovely I, voice. Thank that you. was very nice. Thank okay. You. I kind of fucked up the last part, but I think I fucked up like the second chorus. Anyways, that's okay. We love <laughs> it's it. It was better than half bad, I would say. Uh, so, Simon, where can people find you? Well, you guys can follow me on Instagram at, at Simon Barbs mm-hmm. and Barbs with a Z. With a Z, yeah. Very important. Mm-hmm. You can go listen to my podcast, Cheek to Cheek with Simon Barbs, on mm-hmm. all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and you can also find me on YouTube. You can mm-hmm. go watch my podcast. Oh, yes, yes. Um, Cheek to Cheek with Simon Barbs. And also the radio show Realité on Plus on FM Yeah, so we'll link to all of that in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to share? Thank you so much for having me. Oh and my I goodness. just want to say something before, you know, we finish up here. But I'm so proud of you. Oh. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because when I started my show, I started, you know, in my three and a half apartment. And I thought it was wonderful. And I saw that nobody else did it. Yeah. And I see you do it. And you give a voice to people. And I'm just, I'm so proud of you. Oh my goodness. I have tears in my eyes. Thank you so much, Simon. I really like, yeah, when you wrote to me, I just, because most people, they kind of already know me and you were like, came out of nowhere. And I wanted really to know about you. I loved your interview. Me. It was very, very touching to, to hear from you out of the blue. So yeah. And yeah, the rising star. So look for, look out for Simon Barb's. You may see him on television. You may see him on billboards. He's <laughs> he's coming soon too. <laughs> God gave us talent, and we're very fortunate. We all are. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been the best time. Uh, we're gonna go eat cupcakes now, and thank you everyone for listening. And we'll see you on the other side. Bye. Love you. Bye. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Simon. That was so magical. I will never forget our lovely. Saturday afternoon together. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, my name is Erica J. Schmidt and you can reach me via Instagram at erica.j.schmidt. Send me your riveting listener questions. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. Just say hi. You can also reach me via my website at ericajschmidt.com and 
When you have a chance, a kind and enthusiastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts is a cherished gift for our times. Okay, and as always, thank you to my darling big sister, Tess Levitt, who helped me to refine the inspiration for this podcast. You can learn more about Tess at thebigheartjourney.com or listen to episode nine, The Big Heart Journey with Tess Levitt on This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life. Thank you to Sherwin Tijia, my creative and technical advisor and most cherished friend. Check out Sherwin's quirky events on Facebook. And finally, thank you to my dearly departed aunt, Eileen Gunn, whose surprise and generous gift helped to fund my new podcast equipment. And thank you to you for listening all the way to the end. So now we're going to sing the theme song, okay? So everybody get ready wherever you are to sing along. Okay, here we go. This is your strange and beautiful life. All right, thanks everybody. Wishing you a most magical day. Okay, love you. Talk soon. Love you, bye.